You are listening to a multi-part teaching series on the gifts from God as it pertains to the body of Christ. These were recorded during our weekly Rescue Church Life Group meetings. We are in part three of a three-part series. Part one, we went over the five-fold ministry gifts in Ephesians 4, the five gifts that are people, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, and the teacher. And then um, we went over Romans 12. And in Romans 12, we went over um, the gifts that are kind of hardwired into people. Romans 12, verse 6 and 7, we unpacked that. And now we are in 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to be talking about the gifts that are spiritual, Holy Spirit gifts. And um, you're going to hear something slightly different than you may have heard before as it relates to teaching on these nine spiritual gifts. And so we're going to begin in um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant, for you know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so he begins with saying that I don't want you to be ignorant, which means wherever there's not revelation, there is ignorance. And that's something to really understand and really get a hold of because the enemy will always exploit our ignorance. 10 out of 10 times, if we're ignorant, the enemy will exploit our ignorance. And it's kind of like a parking ticket. I may not know that I'm not supposed to park on this side of the street at this time. It, the, the sign may be in a t totally different language than I speak, but that will not stop the police from giving me a ticket. And so the enemy will always exploit our ignorance. Again, wherever there's not revelation, there's ignorance. That's why humility is really essential because humility positions you for revelation and uh, for insight. And so he's basically saying to them, you are unclean. Uh, you are you are an idolaters. And you were carried away by all that. And the, the, the nature of idolatry is like you become like what you worship. And so uh, in a culture where they're worshiping statues, those statues are deaf, dumb, blind, and mute. And spiritually, someone who is an idolater, that is actually their condition. Uh, they are not really alive. And so anyway, he says this, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so you could say that Jesus is Lord in a disingenuous way, and you could say that in a mocking way, but he's saying no one can have a real deep heart conclusive uh, statement that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is Lord um, in first century is a very different statement than Jesus is Lord now. Because Jesus is Lord, uh, the word Lord is also the word Kyrios or supreme, and that means that there is no one above him, which means that if Jesus is Lord, Caesar is not. And so it's actually possible in uh, the first century to be executed for this statement. And so Jesus said, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever will lose it for my sake will find it. He's probably saying that if you're willing to die, you have life. 
And only the Holy Spirit can empower you to see this and to say this in a way that is genuine, in a way that you would be willing to pay with your very life. And so that revelation is the revelation that the church is built on, that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is Lord. And um, that's a very, very important thing. And it's critical for us to know that is the Holy Spirit who brings this uh, revelation to us. When Jesus asked Peter, he says, who do men say that I am? And there was differences of opinions. And then he says, well, who do you guys say I am? Uh, Peter said, we say that you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He turned to him and said, blessed are you, Simon Marjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in, who is in heaven. So it's the father and the Holy Spirit that reveal Jesus. And so that's something very uh, important because we are Trinitarians. We believe in father, son and Holy Spirit. And you're going to see in this text that the Holy Spirit is a person who has his own will. So he's not an it, but he's a person, which is a very, very important truth uh, to understand. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So different gifts, different ministries, and different ways that those gifts and ministries are active but it's the same God who works all in all. Um, so that's important. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So God gives gifts and those gifts flow through people for his purposes and for his people. And so the gift that God gives uh, you is not for you. It's supposed to come through you. And so that's very important because God doesn't just give us a gift of the spirit uh, so that it, we can enhance our own ministry or so that we can draw people to ourselves, but it's actually to build up other people to edify the church and to glorify the son of God. This is very important. And he starts with saying, um, no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. He starts with all this because it's, it's very important to understand from the beginning, what is the purpose of spiritual gifts? The purpose of these nine spiritual gifts, which we are about to get into, is to communicate and to demonstrate the supremacy of Jesus Christ. So if you're taking notes, the spiritual gifts are to communicate and to demonstrate Jesus Christ. Now, if you if you look at scripture, uh, there's there's metaphors that are given to reveal uh, what the Holy Spirit is like. And so one is fire, one is wind, but one is also a dove. When you look at the dove, a dove has two wings, and on each wing, they have nine feathers. And so there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, and there's nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're going to walk in the Spirit, you're not going to fulfill the lusts of the flesh, but you're going to be uh, walking in the character and in the power of Jesus. And so these gifts are to reveal what he's like through communication and through demonstration. And then the character of our life is supposed to reveal the nature of God to the people around us. So that means that there's supposed to be supernatural power and and, and just a godly lifestyle uh, of virtue and wisdom that all is telling the same message about who Jesus is. This is very, very important. Okay, now, um, verse eight, but to one is given the word of knowledge, through the same spirit, uh, the word of wisdom, excuse me, verse eight, to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another uh, faith by the same spirit to another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So I'm going to give you an overview, and then we're going to go into some of how this works in reality. What you're going to hear that's slightly different um, for me is that many times people will take spiritual gift tests where they will try to say, what spiritual gifts do you have? Tongues, prophecy, this, that. And I think that that's a very short-sighted um, thing to ask because these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are not gifts of you or me, which means, here's the good news, we are not limited to how we're hardwired. We are limited to the supply of the spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he doesn't come, you know, you know, halfway loaded like a car with, you know, no air conditioner. He comes fully loaded. And if we are fully in align with him, we have access to all the gifts and all the power that we need to fulfill the assignment that is on our life. So if I would need any one of these one gifts to communicate or to demonstrate Jesus Christ, I would have access to those gifts by faith, and it would be individually as he wills. This is showing you here in verse 11 that the Holy Spirit is a person, and he has a will. And his will is to communicate and to demonstrate the supremacy of Jesus Christ through giving gifts to the people of God in the time of need so that the need is met with the supply of the Spirit for the situation that the believer may be finding themselves in, whether it's a church meeting, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, God always is ready to give us what we need, uh, especially when we are in alignment with him and walking in the assignment he has given us. And so I'm not going to just sit here with all these gifts and do nothing with them. Uh, I would say that that if you don't use it, you, you'll lose it. And it's with anything in life. Um, you, you have to stay active on mission and the gifts will stay flowing in your life when you're not active in mission there's no flow because there's no need and and so whenever you put yourself in a position where a demand is put on your life that's how you grow like for example someone who teaches every single week inherently will become better at teaching than someone who teaches every quarter because repetition will make them more familiar with the content, with their audience, with their assignment. And so they will have a greater level of vocabulary. They will have more time in the word. And so because of that, because they're putting themselves in that place where they need to develop, they will develop. If you don't put yourself in a place where you need to develop, you will not develop. Um, Paul actually speaks to Timothy about these gifts, and he says, give yourself wholly to these gifts that came upon you by the laying on of hands and of prophecy. So if you don't give yourself to the gifts that God has given you, you will not grow in those gifts. The spirit of fear tries to shut people down from giving themselves completely to what God has given them so they grow in grace. So these, these nine gifts, which I'm going to get into, are ways in which the Holy Spirit, again, communicates and demonstrates 
the supremacy of Jesus Christ. So you have the word of wisdom, you have the, the prophetic word, and you have the word of knowledge. Now, often these three flow in a tandem in the sense of the word of knowledge is a, is, is a spoken gift where you know where someone is at presently or God revealed to you what they went through in the past. So that's a word of knowledge. And then a prophetic word is a word that is future present. So you're declaring in the present what God is going to do in the future. So that's the prophetic. And the word of wisdom is often a vehicle to get from the present to the desired future that God has uh, for that person. So when you see someone who's mature uh, and they understand the gifts and they understand biblical language, many times you will see these three gifts working in tandem together uh, for the purposes of God. The same way um, discerning of spirits also works in prophecy in the sense of one time I was in Brazil and there was a, there was a man and he was in a room full of 300 people and he was not sitting in the front and he didn't have the pastor shirt on. And I just called him out of the crowd and I said, you're a pastor. And the, 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 the prophetic word was activated through a discerning of spirits through the Lord showing me his spirit and who he is. And so many times also discerning of spirits will work with uh, prophecy. Sometimes discerning of spirits will work with miracles or healing as it relates to deliverance. Um, also interpretation of tongues and different kinds of tongues work together, which I'm going to get into that in a minute. Um, many times the word of knowledge works together with prophecy and with healing where you get knowledge of someone's condition. And uh, that's something that happens as well. And so many times these flow together. So the, the working of miracles you see uh, many times in the ministry of Jesus, all of these gifts, by the way, are evident and clear in the ministry of Jesus. Even uh, tongues in the interpretation of tongues, Jesus is able to read people's mail. He's able to know the inner language of their heart. Uh, that was one. And then in John 8, where Jesus gets down on the floor and he draws in the sand, that is also the interpretation of tongues. Uh if you if you go back to the book of Daniel, where there was the writing on the wall, and they the the Hebrews were able to uh, tell them what the writing on the wall meant, that's another interpretation of tongues. Um, another type of interpretation of tongues is, is sometimes in dream interpretation. So that that's another um, way in which um, that happens. And um, so there's there's all these things that are working um, together to really um, flow. So it's really the Holy Spirit flowing to someone and through someone for the purpose of revealing Jesus and glorifying Jesus and building up the person who is being ministered to. It's very important. You see also um, the working of miracles uh, in Isaiah 11 too, the working of miracles uh, is also by the spirit of counsel and might in Isaiah 11 2 when it's speaking the spirit uh, on Jesus in fullness, uh, the sevenfold spirit, the seven spirits of God. You see that in Revelation 4 5, Revelation 5 6, and Isaiah 11 2, and also in Zechariah, I believe it is, I want to say it's 3 9, where it's a prophetic picture of a seven eyed rock, which is a picture of Jesus who sees in fullness. 
and nothing is hidden to his eyes and he's the rock of ages. And there's so many things there. I don't want to get into all that, but the spirit of counsel and might operated in, in the ministry of Jesus when he spits on someone, wipes mud in their face, or he tells someone to go and, and wash and they're healed. You see that with Naaman, the leper, uh, in Elisha, the prophet. And, and so God will give someone counsel and there will be then a mighty manifestation or a mighty miracle. You also see this in the ministry of Jesus when he tells Peter, Peter, go fishing. There's a coin in the fish's mouth and that's to pay our taxes. And so the working of miracles also has to do with finances and, and supernatural provision, which I got a testimony uh, and I'm going to not tell it now. But anyway, so that's really exciting. But um, God is good. And so discerning of spirits is to also know sometimes when you're casting demons out of someone, what is it that we're dealing with? Um, also to discern the spirit of someone is to discern the gifting that is on their life and who God has created them to be. So it's not always looking for demons, like how many demons you got. It's not always that. Uh, sometimes it's actually just being able to discern the spirit of a person and who they are in the kingdom and knowing them by the spirit and not by the flesh. Paul says that we know no man according to the flesh. And so that's very, very important. Um, when they begin to relate to Jesus, aren't you so-and-so, aren't you the, the son of, you know, the carpenter, aren't you? And they begin to know him by the flesh then they cut off their supply of what he had that they needed. And so dishonor uh, and, and knowing people according to the flesh is not helpful. That's why when you, when you get saved with someone that you used to be worldly with, you have to know them now by the spirit, not by the flesh, because you are not who you once were. And it is not permissible for them to relate to you in that way that is out of order and it's dysfunctional. It's not healthy and it doesn't produce anything good because that is a fleshly relationship and connection and flesh produces flesh and that's cursed and it doesn't do anything good except make people feel like, oh yeah, I know him. Now nah, you don't know him. He's dead uh, and and someone else is living. But uh, so that's, that's very important. Um, so now you have the interpretation of tongues. And so this is uh, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, what I want to say to you is that I grew up in a church. I grew up in an environment where someone goes, and then someone goes, yay, 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 my people. And, and they, they tell you what the Holy Spirit is saying. And so um, while that, while, while I know for sure God can do that, and I've seen God do that, I'm not convinced that that's what this is talking about. Um, but that's that's nevertheless um but that is a different way because remember it says that there's different types of ministries and they operate differently and so that is a valid thing that could happen so i'm not limiting god i'm just not sure that that's exactly what he's talking about in this situation but i want to share you uh, i want to share with you something there are people who have been in places where they go and speak uh, an unknown tongue to them. And they'll be like, and they'll be speaking in tongue. And then someone will hear them in their known language and fall apart. And it was like, they received a prophetic message through someone that doesn't know them and through someone that doesn't speak their language. So that's another uh, different way in which this gift could manifest there are people who've went places who have received supernatural downloads of languages to be able to communicate so there's a bunch of different ways in which this can manifest and i know that this is completely real and i'll tell you why because through casting demons out of people 
uh, I have videos, lots of videos actually, but there's, there's videos that we have and, and there's things that we have seen in which uh, someone, let's say I'm, you know, casting a devil out of a, of a girl in Haiti and she does not speak uh, Spanish at all. And then the demon in her will be fluently speaking in Spanish. Or um, there was one time where I was in Haiti and uh, they go, we know you. And, and it was a demon possessed person. And the de- the person doesn't speak English. And the demon in them says, we know you. He's talking to me. And they said, you were just in the newspaper, which was true. I was just in a newspaper in New Jersey. And so I know that this is a real gift because the enemy only counterfeits that which is real. And so this is important to understand that tongues and the interpretation of tongues is a supernatural gift. Um, it can happen kind of in ways that are like, okay, that was weird. Um, maybe that was not God. Maybe that was God. I don't know. We'll discern it. And the Bible is clear. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets, plural. So there needs to be accountability. The fruit of the spirit is not strange or weird. Uh, but many times God will manifest in ways that you're like, wow, that was really wild and supernatural. And you have to discern, was that God or was that God in some flesh or what was that? And so you, it's for those of us who are responsible to be the the, the interpreters of what is happening, uh, it's really important. You see that whole thing in Acts uh, chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit comes. Peter stands up and says, these men are not drunk like you suppose, but this is what Joel the prophet spoke. So he had discerning of spirits. He's operating in the discerning of spirits. He's able as the apostolic set leader there. He is the one who's responsible to interpret and communicate what is and what is not happening. That's his responsibility. And God gave him the grace to fulfill his responsibility. And you see that in Acts 2, where Peter then preaches a message and he starts the message with what is happening, what is not happening. And he speaks to the concern of the crowd because that is very real and it is very valid. And if you're the one with the microphone, you better know what you're talking about. So uh, that's 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 very important. So anyway, uh, but one and of the same spirit, this is verse 11, works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. So what most people will teach you is that you have a gift or two of these and uh, they're kind of like yours. I don't teach that. I don't think that's a good way to communicate what the scripture is trying to communicate here. I think that we have the Holy Spirit. All of the gifts are his. And since I'm his, all of the gifts are mine, but the gifts aren't mine. They're his. And he gives them to me as he wills for his purposes, not for mine. Um, And so I hope that that's helpful. Um, And that's a very, very important thing, because if it's mine, I'm going to abuse it. I mean, if it's yours, you're going to misuse it, abuse it, neglect it. But if it's his, you're going to be like, wow, okay, um, this is yours. Like, I don't know if someone has ever handed you an expensive watch or maybe like a really expensive camera and, and they put it in your hands. And as soon as it comes in your hands, you are aware this is not mine. And if I drop it or damage it, I'm going to have to pay. And that's exactly how we should handle the gifts of Holy Spirit with fear and sobriety, not fear like, ah, but fear of like, okay, sober minded. I'm going to have to give an account for what he's given me, for what's flowing in my life and for what's supposed to flow through my life. We often quench the Holy Spirit by what we don't say. And we often grieve him by what we do say. And so my relationship 
to the Holy Spirit is a relationship with a person. So it's not just a relationship based on gifts. I'm seeking the Lord, not a reward. This is a, this is very um, important because when you seek God and you seek direction for God, God gives you direction and power to move in that direction and gifts and authority so that you don't go where you're going empty handed, but you go full of him because they don't need more of me. They need more of him. They don't need more of you. They need more of him. And so it's essential that we understand that when we are on mission and when we are sent, whether it's across the street or across the earth, that the Holy Spirit is with us and he is distributing to each one individually as he wills. And my my encouragement to to all of us is like, if you're faithful with what he gives you, you're going to get more. Like if he's like, okay, you know what? I've given him these gifts. He's operating in this. And I'm going to I'm going to pour more on him because he's faithful, because she's faithful, because she's sincere, because she's handling this, you know, with with grace and with with humility. And this is not about you, but this is about Jesus. And and so let's let's keep let, let's keep pouring. And, and, and the Holy Spirit distributes as he wills, which is important since he's a he he has a will. That's it's not an it and it doesn't have a will. So Holy Spirit is holy spirit he's a person this is a very important thing to understand like very important okay verse 12 for as the body is one and has many members but all the members of that body being many are one body so also is christ for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body whether jews or greeks slaves or free all have been made to drink into one spirit so now this is important because your ethnicity and your economics do not change, do not qualify or disqualify you from the need to being baptized into Jesus and to be uh, to be drinking from one spirit. See, people are like people are like this. They're like, oh, should I drink? Should I not drink? How much should I drink? You're asking the wrong question. The real question is, are you drinking of the Holy Spirit? Are you full of him? Or is there like this thirst for other things? And, and are you preoccupied by other things? Because someone who, who wants to drink in the spirit, someone who wants to be full of the spirit, does not want to get outside of their mind and, and, and use wine and spirits to get into another state of mind. But they want to be full of him so that he fills their mind. The whole purpose of drinking is so people say, I drink so I can relax. I drink. People drink so that they can calm down. I drink so. But what you're doing is you're alternating the state of your mind instead of drinking of him, drinking of the scripture, drinking of the word and being full of that. Then there's other things that we want to be full of, which really have no benefit for us, especially in the long run. Okay. Now I don't want to go into all this uh, passage tonight because it's just too much, but I want to just remind you that these nine gifts in Jesus, they're yours. The Holy spirit distributes them as he wills. And so what I want to do is I want to pray over those who are watching that these gifts would be flowing in your life for the purpose of communicating and demonstrating the supremacy of Jesus Christ.
So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, uh, for your people, for those here, for those watching, for those who listen, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit and that all of the gifts of God would flow in their life that they would not be limited by human capacity, but they would be full of the Holy Spirit, full of your character, full of your power, and always ready to demonstrate and to communicate who you are in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. We would love to see you in person. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv slash invite.